Yeah, we've just been journeying uh, in conversation uh, at a leadership level about um, kind of uh, really wanting to express and language kind of where we're heading as a community. Because um, depending on when you joined the family, uh, you'd have a different kind of understanding maybe even of who we are and what we're all about. Because it's hard to always be talking about that and always be expressing that. Uh, and acknowledging the reality that we are a, a pilgrim people and we're a pioneering people. And so we are just like pilgrims on a journey with God. And I think every church is, or, or at least kind of should be, that you're a family that God calls and, it's, and he just invites you to follow him. Now we obviously have our personal decision to follow Jesus, but then we have a, a corporate one when we come into God's family and he positions us in a local kind of church community um, God is not static. God is just not, he is the same, and yet he doesn't always stay in the same place, if that makes sense. So our journey as a community um, started with seven people uh, in Lisbon, my living room. Um, and it was, well, it, it kind of got initiated probably about 12 years ago. So we had a year where we were just kind of developing and wrestling with these ideas about what God wanted to do. But we started the church um, without uh, kind of wanting really, I guess, to be able to deconstruct um, and not coming in with all of these ideas of this is what it's going to look like and going to be, but really coming and yielded to, to whatever you want to do, God, will be that experiment uh, that you would like to do. Um, we'll, be, we'll be the people that will go where you want to go and lead us where you want to lead us. I'm just going to do a bit of story time today, if, if that's all right. This is my sermon. I was gonna do idolatry part three, but I just thought I'd give you a break. <laughs> Anyone okay, are you happy with that? Oh, she's like, whoa, thing, yeah. People will be watching the video later, like, oh, if I'd known that, I would've come. Um, so, you missed out. Hey, repentance is, is a, a joyous thing. It is, repentance is freedom and life, and so hopefully you don't feel like getting down, but it's, we, we desire your freedom. That's why we talk about hard things sometimes. Um, but we, uh, yeah, started in, uh, in Quinana, uh, and that's where we began. And uh, early on, we were always just like, we're not kind of going to chase a building and try and, you know, gather everyone in. We just wanted to be positioned where God had called us to be a little local church in Quinana, seeking to uh, be on mission for God to seek and save the lost, to bring the kingdom of God into that little place. And that is where God kind of positioned us. That's where he said, I still remember talking to the leadership of my previous church and someone asked me when we'd shared the idea and they were very supportive of us planting the church. And, uh, and they said, oh, so obviously you're living in Quinana, you'll plant the church in Quinana. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, it's, I love Quinana, but it's, you know, maybe not the best place to, to plant a church, and, uh, and so it was that afternoon that I went home, I said, well, God, maybe, is that where, is, you know, we hadn't even really settled as to where this was going to be, and God, through a whole lot of confirmation, kind of, you know, nailed me and said, no, this is, this is where I want you to be, and so we started, we, uh, we used to meet in a little shop front in a place called Medina, so Andrew and Kat were there at the beginning, um, so was Amy, and our first kind of open uh, Sunday that we had um, yeah, Amy kind of, Amy rocked up and she's been here ever since. Um, 
But we were, I, I, I still remember sitting in that little uh, shop front one day, and because I was the only, I was kind of the only person who worked for Paradox, and so my weeks were pretty lonely. Uh, I just uh, just go hang around with random people. I used to go to the pub on a Thursday just so I could meet with, with the locals, and that's where I do my sermon, sermon preparation, you know. Um, I wasn't drinking all day. I just went there to be, you know, in the midst and meet, um, meet the regulars and that sort of thing. I used to mow a lot of people's lawns and clear out rubbish from people's houses and just connecting with broken people in the community. And uh, uh, Mitch and I went on some adventures, different places, as I said the other week, kicking ghosts out of random people's houses and uh, meeting with an ex-bikey guy who tried to start a fight with Mitch and um, um, in his, yeah. And so just interesting times, yeah. Were you there? That's right. Yeah. So he's like, oh, Mitch, could you give us a lift to the bottle shop? And Mitch was like, yeah, sure, you know, and did that. And then he went in and stole a bottle of alcohol and then pulled a knife on, uh, on the attendant. And you're like, wow, this is, this is different. Uh, yeah, I remember sitting uh, with a couple of fellas. Uh, they were both called Barry White. Uh, uh, and uh, one, so the son was 40 and the dad was 60. They were both called Barry White, and, uh, and they were squatting in a unit. Um, so no power, so it's kind of pitch black. I'm there at nighttime, and I'm just ministering to these guys, and they're, um, you know, packing their bong and all that sort of stuff, and uh, there's a knife sitting on the table. There's things, and I'm just like, I'm, where's the door? It's there, and, and uh, it was petrifying, <laughs> to be honest, but... Um, but you know, then Jesus gives you a peace to, to be in these places and, uh, and loving on, on broken people. But uh, that was a lot of uh, what we spent our time doing. But uh, there was a little church building around the corner and I I'd, I'd met the pastor there and, um, and, and got to know uh, them a little bit. But uh, I heard one day that they were um, getting rid of their building and, and kind of and passing it on to another small church in the area. I remember being so, oh my God, oh God, it'd be so good if we had a, a place that we could call our home and, uh, and a place where we could gather every week and, you know, it wouldn't be costing us a heap of money and all of that sort of stuff. And I was kind of just lamenting, like, oh, I should have asked, I should have said something to, to the person, and they would have known that I was interested, and they could have given it to me. Um, and I remember sitting on, on this couch, and, and I heard God say to me, he said, you're a people on the move. I was like, okay. So then immediately, where you're lamenting, because you think, oh, that could have been an answer to my problem, God gives a peace to say, but that's actually not who you are. And if I think back, if we had been given that space, I don't believe that we'd be in this space. If we had gone for what looked like the best possible outcome in that moment, we wouldn't have received God's bigger outcome that was to come because we wouldn't have looked outside of that. The, the provision in a small way would have been there in this tiny little building, probably you know, maybe a quarter of the size of this room. And again, size isn't the issue. This, we're not trying to hang our hat on how big something is, but that's the, uh, as a representation of, I think, what would have limited uh, the vision of God. Um, and it was probably then only a few months after that that I was at a conference and a guy called Bob Hazlett prophesied over me and he started this word. It was about, it's about nine minutes long. He said, I'm giving you keys, son. I'm giving you keys to a building. And it goes on all about those sorts of things. And so I said, okay, well, you're gonna open the doors. And then God did, and he gave us his facility in Quinana, and that was an amazing 
uh, provision and, uh, and again, gave us more scope to be able to connect with our local community. So again, on the journey, we're just thinking, you know, we're, we're a little local church just seeking the welfare of this little city called Quinana. Uh, and we used to encourage people, like if anyone joined, we're like, come move to Quinana, move into the city so you can fall in love uh, with this place that God has called us into. Uh, and then again, we did that journey for a while. It was just a very small, maybe 20 odd people for a, for a number of years, and uh, just faithfully loving on God. And uh, we didn't advertise, we didn't really put up signs or anything like that, so no one kind of knew where, even how to find us. Um, we'd, I'd tell people, oh yeah, here we are. Go, where is that? And it's here, and I'd, oh, I didn't even know there's a church there. I thought, yeah, we should probably put up a sign. And we didn't, um, but uh, it was a great season. Then we ran a conference. I don't remember what year it was, but a guy called Ryan Lestrange came, and that was just a divine connection. I remember looking on my phone one day, and I see screenshots of a prophetic word from this guy called Ryan Lestrange. I have no recollection of taking the screenshot. I wasn't following him on Facebook or anything like that, and I was like, wow, these, these screenshots of this prophetic word, that really speaks into where we're at and what we're about. It was all about apostolic hubs and all of this sort of stuff. Like, this is amazing. I got to connect with this guy and then ended up uh, bringing him over. And it was a great conference. Who was there? Anyone? A few people? There you go. Uh, and when I had dropped him and his wife off at the airport, I was driving back home and I heard God say to me, and when I say I heard God, I don't mean audibly, but there's been two times in my life where I've, like I've heard God, not hearing, but where I know God has said, very loudly and very clearly, um, this is what uh, I'm doing. And he said to me, he says, you need to take on a regional mandate. And uh, first time God spoke to me, he said, I've just given you an apostolic anointing. And I was like, cool, don't know what that means, but it sounds great. Uh, so then I had to go and research that. And uh, the same thing, I'd, I've given you a regional mandate. And it was kind of like seeing, I went and I shared it with, with our team, didn't quite know what it was. And we, again, we were like maybe, 20, 25 kind of people in our, in our little family in Quinana. And uh, the next Sunday, we had visitors show up, which was not normal for us. And, uh, and then the following Sunday, more people show up, and then the Sunday, more people. And within two months, we had more than doubled in size, the community. Who came along after that, with that first kind of, well, that was you guys just before? Yep. Um, and, and it was all of these people from Mandra have all of a sudden connected into our community. And this is where, where God has talked about the region from, you know, it's Quinana, Rockingham, and Mandra. And then he literally shifts it and says, now all of these people from Mandra come and gather. Now, was that on my agenda? Not at all. Was that part of our plan? Not at all. Was it God's plan? Clearly it was. Uh, and I'm so grateful again that we said yes but it takes that freedom and that flexibility. Now our attention has to start to shift to how do we care for and establish things now in this region? What do we do then? So we felt a call then to intercede on behalf of the region to take a, that, that uh, regional mandate being a spiritual oversight of the kind of territory in this region. And so then we started uh, having a lot more times of intercession. And, and I mean, I could tell you some of the stories when... Um, we had this amazing time of intercession for young adults in the Mandarin region that had grown up in the church and then had turned away and rebelled against God and flee. But it was all like um, someone has a dream 
Rachel has a dream on one night about Amy's house getting broken into, someone following into her house. Amy wakes up the next morning and her car had been broken into and her computer stolen, okay? So this is all in this one, in this, within a couple of days, we'd, Amy had a conversation with, with someone about their children and managed that, wow, this is really common. These people that are connecting in here have had this same story. This happens. And then Amy posted on Quinana chat, hey, if anyone sees, you know, my laptop got stolen. And uh, the first three people that liked the message were the names of three, different, three children from three different families of people in our church community who were in Mandra, who had had young adults who had gone wayward from the Lord. This sort of crazy stuff. So we're like, okay, God, you want to do this? So we had a, this amazing night of repentance where we had uh, people representing the church, repenting to young adults, uh, young adults repenting to their parents, parents repenting to their kids. This is powerful, amazing uh, time in that. But God really called us to start to uh, steward the spiritual atmosphere over the, over the region. And that's something that, again, not every church is called to do. We knew that God had called us to do that. Uh, we started a thing called Burning Ones, where we would worship and intercede on behalf of the region, but really taking that seriously. Now again, was intercession on our agenda? Not at all. I <laughs> uh, think we really kind of knew what it was until God opens the door and calls us to do it. Once again, God opens the door and we figure out kind of how we do that uh, on the journey. So we had then, uh, yeah, that had kind of continued. Um, uh, then a couple more years later, this opportunity comes up, which was all just kind of spontaneous in a moment. We're having a conversation, talking about uh, Amy had come back from a trip to an international gathering of a larger house over in the Philippines, I think, and came back, said, man, God just downloaded this vision for this transformation center and all of this sort of stuff, and we need, we'll need accommodation, all these different things. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is property out in Baldives that I'd been to before and, uh, and it would just be, it would be amazing for that. And so we left that meeting and uh, Lisa and Amy and I came here and chatted and we just kind of wandered around the property and uh, I actually remember being up near the chapel and doing all those kind of Pentecostal lay your hands on, some, on the ground and claim it, you know. Um, I don't know if that works or not, but <laughs> no, it, you know, just believing like, okay, God, if you want us to have it, we'll, you know, what do you want to do? And uh, the next day spoke to the leader of the Salvation Army Church and he was like, we're about to put it on the market. Wow, okay, amazing. Um, so we you know, talked to uh, people who, um, who'd already been incredibly financially generous uh, into our community and owned the last building that we're in. Uh, and again, we were just about to do a massive renovation of that previous property. I'm just kind of trying to, uh, are you bored? I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just telling the story. Um, but uh, we're about to sign a document with a builder to um, do this massive renovation. And it kind of just was taking a long time. And it's like, oh, this contract's still here. I've got to get it signed. But there just wasn't this sense of like, go do it today. It was just like, okay. And then it kind of a week or more passed, this opportunity comes up. So we're like, okay, God, do you want to do this? I had then, I was speaking to a friend, a pastor that I know in Sydney, and I'd mentioned to him this opportunity. He's like, oh, wow, I know the guy who oversees like all of the Salvation Army Church, all of their property acquisitions uh, on the East Coast. He's a client of mine. And, uh, and yeah, I could, you know, put a, put a word in, you know, kind of for you. And so he then gets us in contact literally with the person who would be making the decision as to who gets this property. 
and, uh, and we shared the vision that God had kind of downloaded to us of what we wanted to do. And uh, all along, these just amazing, miraculous um, connections and steps. And then God opens the door and, and gives us this place. Again, was it on our agenda? Not at all. Like this is the furthest. When I, when I was sitting on that couch and I heard God say, you're a people on the move, I, I thought that that meant, so therefore, we're never gonna have a building. We're just gonna be, we're just gonna meet in homes and different random places and we'll rent places, not a big deal. Um, but when God says, you're a people on the move, he, he didn't say, and this is what I'm going to do. He said, you need to be prepared essentially to move. Uh, and so again, we did. Now God opens up this regional mandate and then he positions us more centrally in the region between Quinana and Rockingham and Mandra to be positioned in this place. So again, we had to, we didn't have to, but we chose to say yes to God in this chaotic kind of messy, you know, we're a small community still, and then to go, man, to take on the stewardship of this property, which is incredibly important to me and to our team that we don't just you know, kind of squander what God has given to us. So we, now we want to steward this really, really well because it's an amazing gift from God. But we didn't, um, you know, we didn't have to do a fundraising campaign for it. We didn't have to, um, you know, pray and fast and those sorts of things. God just said, because you're willing to say yes to me, because you're yielded to the process, this is what I'm gonna give you in order to steward that. Because you've stewarded the small things, I'm gonna give you the larger things. <clears throat> knowing, again, wasn't on the agenda, but it was on God's agenda for us as a family. And so here we are now um, in this place on this land, and it's been a slow process getting it up to scratch. Uh, even this week, the bore pump went, so all the lawns getting crusty and but you know, that wasn't on, on the plan. <laughs> I don't know if that was on God's agenda either, but uh, certainly wasn't on Kev's. Um, uh, but you know, like it's just, a, it's a huge, huge job. Um, but again, it wasn't, now we're trying, now we're having to figure out, okay, so God's given us this, but we're also a community that's spread right across a region. And we don't just wanna get everyone, hey, everyone come here and help out because we know people are doing amazing things where God has positioned them in those different places. And yet needing to, take into account the fact that God has given us this land for a reason. So we say, well, it wasn't on my mind, but it was on God's mind. And so then we have to shift what that kind of looks like and transition into God's plan. And I wanna tell you, that's a really, really tricky thing to do. Leading a, a church is really, really, really hard. It's really difficult. Um, it can be fun sometimes, but most of the times it's, it's really difficult and really confusing and really conflicting and really like, what are you doing, God? Because God is always moving and shifting and we're just trying to kind of keep up with what he's doing and be faithful in that and saying, is this what you're wanting us to do, God? And kind of moving things forward. Um, but it's really, I think, you know, last year was just mental, the whole, whole COVID thing and shifting things around and it's just like, all in the kind of mix of all of those things. But we feel like coming into this year that things are starting to land and become a bit more clear. And that's why we're, we're kind of 
communicating and, and chatting kind of behind the scenes and we will be doing kind of with the team and saying, okay, God, for this next, it's 11 years, what is this next season look like? And I guess we'll be asking, could you please maybe map it out a little more clearly than what you have in the past is maybe what I'll be asking God. Um, but we believe that uh, God has, has given us some, some plans, there's some exciting things. You know, the Transformation Center, I think, again, starting to really build momentum as to what's happening there. I don't wanna give too much info because uh, Amy will share that in a, in a few weeks' time. But we're really excited about what God is doing. Uh, and I guess just wanna invite you to remain uh, in the place of, uh, of, in some ways, chaos, as we do this journey together uh, as a pilgrim people. Because pilgrims, are they're, they're on a journey, they're wanderers. And I think God's people are, if you look at the history of Israel, that's where they went. They went from you know, God's people and then all of a sudden they find themselves in captivity. And they've got to adapt to the way, they were still God's people and yet they're in captivity in Egypt. And then shifting and moving as to what that looks like to live as that people. And the next minute they're free but they're free out of captivity and they find themselves now wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. But there's this promise of where they're going and yet they find themselves in a circumstance, even at a point where some of them start to grumble and say, it was actually better for us back in captivity. At least we kind of knew what was happening and, and we kind of understood things back in that place. But the promise is always to move into the greater thing that God has. But if we rush the process, then we miss out on all that God is doing in the formation of the journey. And I think it's so important that we embrace the moment on the journey that God has for us. You individually will be in a season of the journey that God has for you. And some of you might look back six months ago and say, I'm so glad I'm not where I was six months ago but I'm so thankful that God did something in me six months ago because if he hadn't done that work then, I wouldn't be who I am now. There is a completion of a work that God wants to do. We've talked about this um, a few times before where the difference between deliverance and victory, where sometimes we find ourselves stuck in a place and we cry out to God to deliver us, almost like just pluck me out of this place and put me in the new place, God. But the problem is when God delivers us, we don't get the victory because the victory comes in the completion. It'd be like if you're, if you're running a race and you just jump in a helicopter and get flown to the finish line, you'll be disqualified because you wouldn't have actually completed the race. So there is no victory, there is no outcome, but we need to stay in that place that God has us in until He finishes the work. And it can be grueling and difficult and hard, yet the finished work is so much more glorious. And if I look at the last 11 years, I'm like, man, there's been some grueling times. There's been some real times of hardship and struggle. And yet as we've continued to remain faithful to God, He has continued to remain faithful to us. And He is bringing us through from one season into the next season. But I wanna encourage you, wherever you are in your season, just to yield to the process that God has you on. Who's glad that they've yielded to the process in the past? Yeah. Who, who also find it really sucks to yield to the process? Same number of hands. 
So as God is leading us as a family and, and we feel like we're kind of coming into uh, this new place and, and some of that even, I know for myself coming into this year, knowing that I need to kind of shift my attention even as to uh, where I put my headspace. Um, we, we shared a bit at our uh, core leaders meeting during the week, but uh, the, the needs of a, of a family will always outweigh the capacity you have to meet those needs. Um, and yet the needs of people are, are important as well. God calls us to love people. And we wanna be and will always desire to continue to be a family that loves really, really well. But God also has plans and, and things to reach those who are yet to be loved by Him, to shift and change. The, the, the call of Christians is to disciple nations, to see His kingdom come and His will be done all across the earth, not just in the church, but all across the earth. So we have to then be prepared to, um, to focus not just on what is happening here, but also what, on what God is leading us into out there. And so for me, it's been uh, amazing to have uh, Jess come on board. And, uh, and so Brett and Bethia oversee all of our Southern Life Hubs, Rod and Lindley oversee all of our Northern uh, Life Hubs. And, and then again, Life Hubs are such an incredibly important space for discipleship and family and connection and community. Um, but there are bigger things that God is calling us to. Uh, things like, again, the Transformation Center and what God's wanting to do there and, and the, the vision that He's unraveling and how He has um, equipped us and positioned us uniquely, uh, especially to minister into uh, areas of mental health and to bring genuine radical transformation to people's lives. Um, I, I looked at briefly at some statistics, but more people struggle with mental health um, issues than they do with substance abuse. And it can often be a place of welfare where we seek to do that, and I'm so glad um, for, uh, for, uh, for rehabs and, and for people ministering to those who are stuck in uh, addiction, but, uh, but there is even greater number of people who are struggling with mental health, and I believe God really cares about that. Um, and God really desires, and it's a, a bondage and a captivity that people get trapped into. But I'm, I'm just the kind of person that's like, I don't, I don't believe that God wants people to live in captivity. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he called us that, that um, Isaiah call is to bind up the brokenhearted, uh, to minister to those people. And so we're excited for what, not, again, not just the people who will be ministered to through that, but also the way that we could then discover answers to these issues um, and could then bring breakthrough for, for the wider body of Christ and, uh, and those sorts of things. So God is slowly just um, putting those things in motion, but uh, we're gonna need your help. Uh, it's, it's gonna be that invitation of all of us to, uh, to get on board uh, with what God is doing in that. So I just thought I'd share some stuff. <laughs> Maybe this is what's happening with me. Um, on that note, uh, again, what we shared, I'm, uh, I've, I'm due for long service leave. Yeah, so amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, so I've been, I've been in full-time pastoral ministry for 18 years. So since I was 21 years old, I started in, uh, in, in full-time ministry as a youth pastor and then went straight into, uh, into this wonderful, amazing journey. Um, but uh, so I'm actually gonna be taking just a couple of days a week of long service leave for, for the next few months. So probably won't 
um, disrupt many of your lives, uh, but just thought it'd be good to kind of inform you of that. And I will be spending time with my, uh, my family and, uh, and building things at home and, uh, and ticking off uh, um, our, my wife's long list of, um, of investment opportunities that she's created for me. She just, she said, want me, you want me to be bored? No, I hate for you to be bored. They're twiddling your thumbs. Um, here, just I'll help you out by. Um, no, so it's just uh, we've got a, a, a new home and just things to finish off there. So I'll be pouring into that and continuing to dream uh, into the future uh, that God has for, uh, for this amazing family and community. So, yeah, uh, so some of that as well would be, I guess, to. Um, we'll, we'll probably need to apologize at, at some point for where we've missed it. Um, and, uh, and where we haven't kind of communicated the vision well uh, to our, our family and just been, um, yeah, trying to figure out, um, you know, what we've, what we've known for a long time is that we're not professionals at this. Um, I wasn't trained for this. Uh, I didn't finish high school, but then I became an electrician, and, uh, and that doesn't help much. Um, I, I did half, half a barber college degree, that didn't help much, um, and and here we are. So we're just, uh, yeah, continue just to do the kind of faithful journey with God. Uh, and I'm always reminded of in the Book of John where it talks about abiding in the vine, and it's like God says, if you if you're if you abide in faithfulness, I'll make you fruitful, and uh, and that's what we've longed just to continue to lean into. It's like, well, God, if just find us faithful and he'll make us fruitful, and I believe that he'll do that even for this community. But again, not so that we go, oh, look at all our fruit. Um, you know, fruit is meant to be consumed and, uh, and given away that we'd be a blessing to, uh, to not just people who don't know Jesus, but even to the body of Christ, that, uh, that we could um, help and serve and love uh, and bless and also seek you know, the welfare of this city. And I think that's something that God's... Um, gonna shift for us as well as how do we be a local church with a, a much bigger kind of vision and impact, but as well to love this community, to love the communities that we live in, to love uh, Quinana, to love Rockingham, you know, Baldavis in the city of Rockingham, to love the city of Mandra. Uh, and, and how can God help us to strategize? And that's something that we're gonna be leaning into as to how do we actually just live ordinary lives with kingdom intentionality, because uh, that is how the kingdom comes. It's not necessarily, and probably not, you know, big crusades and let's pitch a tent and have a worship time and, and that's gonna be the thing. And I mean, I believe that worship shifts atmospheres and tears down strongholds and all that sort of stuff, but usually it's just people loving people in their everyday lives in really ordinary ways uh, and that's how the gospel spreads. It goes from person to person and household to household. And so we're excited to see, even within our life hubs, how God could um, show us and teach us and, and reveal to us those ways just to not do anything different, to do what we do, but to have the eyes of Jesus uh, to reach out and to minister and to connect and to bless people and that he has already put out in our lives and to see that transformation in the kingdom come. Amen? Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Would you like to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. The first words that the disciples ever heard from you, Jesus, was follow me. You didn't didn't tell them where you were going. You didn't ask them to bring anything along with them. You just invited them into that journey of trusting you and knowing that wherever they went, as long as they were with you, that we're in the right place. And Jesus, that's where we wanna be. We just wanna be in the right place with you. We wanna be where you are. And even as you just, you would follow the Father, you would see what he was doing and you would do that. You would hear what the Father was saying and you'd speak that out. And there is such a freedom in that, Lord, that we don't have to worry about what we're doing and what we look like and what we need. Because if we just stay where you are and follow you where you're going, you'll provide everything that we need. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and everything else will be provided for you. So we thank you, Lord, that you are a God of provision, that you are a God who is on the move and you invite us every day to wake, to follow you, to seek after you, to seek your kingdom, to seek your righteousness, to be transformed into your likeness and just to love you and love people. So even today, Jesus, where maybe we've complicated things in our lives and you wanna bring us back to the simplicity of just giving us your yes every day, So even now, Lord, we just say yes to you, Jesus. And whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, that's where we wanna be. In all the unknowns, we say yes, God. In all the twists and turns, we say yes, Jesus. In all of the ups and downs, we say yes to you, Jesus. And as we choose to be faithful to you and where you're going, we trust that fruitfulness will be the natural outcome in our lives. We're excited about what you're doing, Lord. Not just corporately as a church family, but also personally, Lord. Each one of us called just to follow you, Jesus, to love you, So we thank you, Lord, that you would teach us your easy yoke and you would lift off the heavy burden of the world and let your light burden rest upon us, Lord. That you would lift off the heavy burden of other people's opinions, that you would lift off the heavy burden of expectations, that you would lift off the heavy burden of fear. Thank you, Jesus. And we just receive your light burden, Jesus. Your easy yoke, Jesus. And we
we thank you for your abiding presence in the Holy Spirit. That you dwell in us, you dwell upon us, you dwell amongst us. And we just wanna give you that place of prominence, Holy Spirit, in our lives. Because that's how we hear the words of Jesus. That's how we see Jesus. That's how we are even empowered to follow Jesus is because of you, Holy Spirit. It's your strength. It's your energy. It's your power. It's your leading. And we trust you to lead us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bless you guys. Uh, we have our team here who would love to minister to you. If you need some more prayer, uh, you'd love, if maybe you wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit, you wanna give your life to Jesus, you wanna repent for your sin, you wanna uh, be prophesied over, whatever it is, uh, come forward and we'd love to bless you.